Bucks got all the right steps in Charleston. They now can try their slipper and see if it fits at the big ball. East Tennessee State Buccaneers, they're dancing, boys. Hunter Muscaro, Perea lays it up. 1.4. Perea hits it. The pass is caught. Ready for the game winner. Wide left. Bucks win. Nucky spotting for three. The place is going to erupt. Oh, Deuce Bello. He's going to make Sports Center with an incredible. Jarvis Jones, the game winner, got it. Ball game. East Tennessee State's going to leave on another. They got him. If he catches it, it's over. Ball game. Touchdown, Jawan Stinson. 25 yards. J.J. German for the win. He got it. J.J. German and the Bucks have shocked the Bulldogs. And the sidekick. Say hello to my little friend. What's your name, man? I told you. It doesn't matter what your name is. You're handsome. You have the perfect amount of scruff. And you still have no talent. It's Sandos and the sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Don't call it a comeback. Year two, Sandos and the sidekick back on the airwaves. Jay Sandos, Mike Gallagher talking all things ETSU athletics and having some fun along the way. And, well, Mike, number one, you're back. Number two, we're back. You may not call it a comeback. Would you call it an upset for there to be a year two Absolutely. here to Sandos and the sidekick? I think now, so, too. It's a shortened version for the simple reason of three days, not five days, but I think at some point in time. People did get a little tired of us. Well, and so this is something that we should address off the top, and this is something I conveniently left out of my tweet announcing that Sandos and the Psychic would be back, and I believe it was Thursday or Friday. It is a three-day-per-week show this year. It's not five days like it was last year, and it pains us, but the simple numbers said Tuesday and Thursday, not as many people listen, you know, Tuesdays a day. You're kind of settling back into the week Monday. Tuesday, you kind of get back on the grind and really, uh, you know, bear down at work and get some stuff done. So I think there just wasn't as much demand for a five-day-a-week show. At least that's what the numbers told us and the listeners may have told us as well. And so we've cut some of the fat. You're still fat. I'm still not. You have not cut the fat. Uh, I think the show has done so uh, at least a bit. There were just some segments that I don't think drew as much attention. Fair to say? Yeah, and I, I think um, when you look at it, Mondays generally you're recapping the weekend. I think people are really in tune with it. I think Wednesday people are craving for the weekend, and so they kind of tune back in. And then I think ultimately Friday, right, and especially when we talk about basketball. I know it's football season, but when we talk basketball, Wednesday you're previewing the Thursday games. Or, or this year for men's basketball, it'll be Wednesday games and Thursday ladies games. And then Friday you're recapping that and you're getting ready for the weekend. So three days made a, a little more sense. Plus, I, I think it can help us a little bit with content. And I didn't think we were stretched thin. As a matter of fact, we kept having to cut stuff out of our shows. Oh, we did pretty well, yeah. <clears throat> but I think we'll be able to, to – to at least give uh, at least the fans what they want without inundating them with stuff. And we're still going to have guests. We're still going to have opposing team play-by-play guys. This week we'll have Adam Winton of Appalachian State. We're going to attempt to get the head coach, Elijah uh, Drinkowitz, in his first season as head coach of Appalachian State. We'll do that during all the conference games and football. So uh, we'll get you going there. And then basketball, of course, it'll be fast and furious. So we'll bring all the coverage. We'll still have the sound bites, the players. We're going to have some fun segments like Correct. today. You've got another – segment you're going to do one I don't like and one I love because we're going to have believe it or not the head man Randy Sanders has agreed to finally come down in studio in studio this is I believe a first for Sanders in the second it is because we hear a lot from Randy during the week you know the coaches show which is a Wednesday night Wild Wing Cafe 6 p.m. that is the case again this year we hear from in our Monday press conference which we played sound bites from last year on Tuesdays and uh, the Randy Sanders montage of course which is part of the reason that he is going to be here but for those reasons, I don't think we ever thought it was necessary for him to come in studio, but it is nice to start off the year 
with the big man here with us talking about the montage, a little bit about football, but really keeping it light, keeping it fun. He's he's a fun guy to be around, let's be honest. I mean, you can hear it in the quotes. He's an enjoyable person, enjoys his job, enjoys joking around with us, and so it was good to have him down. And then Bold Predictions is our last segment, which I know you do love. Pros vs. Jays is the one that you don't love, which is going to be segment number two. Right. And, and I have a smorgasbord of topics not so much involving you a whole lot because no, like you haven't been on thing. the air. Well, you haven't been on the air for a good you know, five months. Um, so aside from you usually playing a role in things, it's going to be more guys in the business that are way bigger than us that have either done really ridiculous things or have done really great things. More so ridiculous, though. And there is actually one from right after the season last year, our broadcast season, early May that involves a media member and one of our very own head coaches because that's something that we never got the chance to talk about but made a big ruckus on Twitter, on social media, and I'm very happy to be able to revisit. <laughs> All right, love that lead in. We're to going. be able to revisit. All right, well, lots to talk about. It's first show. Uh, I think clearly it's game week. We should probably lead there, ETSU Appalachian State. There's um, a lot of key pieces missing, I think it's fair to say, for ETSU. I think maybe off the – Top of my head, if you were to rattle four or five, number one, I think quarterback, you lose Austin Herrick. I think Matt Pike, you lose the four-year center. J.J. German, uh, the left-footed kicker that won you many of football games or kept you in football games. Then you lose a couple of nose guards and Tramon Farrell, Chris Boyer, and then Dylan Weigel. And that's just off the top of my head. That five huge losses as ETSU will try to figure those out coming up here on Saturday. I'd say those are the five. Dylan Weigel left the FCS as the leading current tackler across all of the division in terms of career tackles. It was like 450 or something just outrageous. Of course, Austin Herring, who started, I believe it was 41 games at the end of his career uh, of the like 44 possible. Matt Pike, he was Austin Herrick's center. You know, he was an All-American. He was uh, the blocker of the year in the Southern Conference. Clearly a huge loss there. Nose tackle has been a position throughout the offseason that off-air we've talked about. Many around the program have said, yeah, it maybe doesn't garner the most attention on a football field, but if you're a defensive guy, and you're especially if you're playing a 3-4 where you have to occupy a lot of tacklers, open up lanes for uh, linebackers, then that is a very key spot. Obviously special teams. I mean, it seemed like any time you're in th- inside the 35, J.J. German – was someone that you could trout out on the field and say, I feel pretty good about a 45-yard or 50-yard or even up to 52, 53 yards, him not being back is big. And so there's a lot to replace. There's also questions outside of that. There's the wide receiver position. Last year, Andy Sanders talked week in and week out about how he would love to have some playmakers on the outside and didn't feel like he had that at least in spades last year, uh, that he could count on. You know, there are some players that struggled to catch the ball. There are some players that struggled to get open. He wanted to get some guys that could do both of those things. And he also, as we talked about, brought in a ton of quarterbacks, you know, Chance Thrasher and Cade Weldon and Tyler Rydell. And so there's a lot on this team in terms of questions that need to be answered. We've had three or four weeks of camp now. You look back at the results from last season, and I don't think that – Many around college football or even this program would say, if we did that year again, we would probably win eight games. I mean, that was a one-in-a-million type season to win six games by 16 combined points. The team was tough. It had the intangibles that you need to do that, and so more credit to them for doing it. But I think you may agree that if you win by the skin of your teeth that many times, the odds of all those games going in your favor is very, very astronomically low. Well, and I I think you go back and look, a couple years ago when ETSU beat Sanford and 
what it was like when Sanford had that game circled on their schedule. And I've, I've been told from Mike Grace, who used to be the, the play-by-play guy there, that they had my call of the J.J. German of Shock the Bulldogs on repeat in the weight room, which a, makes me feel good in, in some instances that we were in their head that much. But then obviously the results went very much anti-ETSU way the, the next time right. as they were absolutely ready for it. And, and let's think about it. Your Western Carolina – Boy, you've got to be thinking about losing a 16-point lead and missing a game-winning field goal in overtime. Furman dropping a 21-point advantage. Chattanooga had several chances in the game against ETSU, couldn't get over the hump. So there's a, a several teams that I think – even VMI probably has a, has a case to have the buck circled. So there's probably five teams – that are licking their chops to get a shot at the Bucks, and I don't think that was the case last year. You know, I don't know that anybody was really after, and not even Sanford considering they'd kind of took took out all the frustrations on ETSU. I think Mercer two years in a row now probably could have ETSU circles. There's probably five, six games that people are looking forward to playing ETSU that wasn't uh, that case last year. Plus, let's face it, you're a little more of the hunted this year, right, because you won a conference championship, I think picked third for – most accounts and and where they're going to finish in the league so i i think it's going to be interesting to see how the bucks handle success with uh the returners you know how does the defense which you know was one of the better takeaway teams in the country a year ago you know uh led by nasir player and tyree robinson and others but you look at that how are they going to be able to respond the offensive line for the most part that's the good news it's back Nate Adkins, who saw a lot of time as a freshman tight end, actually started a couple games when Evan Witt couldn't, the, the senior that graduated. So I, I, I think the line, if nothing else, and your two top tailbacks are back. I think there is some things to be said. The biggest question mark, okay, is Ben Blackman, who is penciled in to be the starting center. How is he going to adjust from being a guard to a center, snapping the football, uh, making the calls, right? That's the other part of it people don't realize. He's got to make the blocking scheme calls up front then how does the signal caller, it's going to be Chance Thrasher to get the first snap, and, and from there we'll see. But how does Thrasher manage the offense? How does he do with his checks and audibles? And then ultimately, sort of the elephant in the room, who's he throwing to and or are they catching the football? Yeah, on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, Thrasher named quarterback by head coach Randy Sanders in his press conference a little bit earlier today, so we're not breaking news there. You've got the running backs with Quay Holmes and Jacob Sailors. I really do love the offensive line. I mean, it's experienced. It is big. You average like 306 pounds across it. Uh, Miles Smith is a question mark simply because of injuries, and there's been a couple years in a row now, I believe, where it's been you know a couple games. Yeah, he's, he's had some tough luck. He's now. looking yeah. like he's going to be you know a mainstay on that line and hasn't had the chance to be on the field a lot because of that unfortunate luck with those injuries. But uh, he's going to be penciled in as a starter as well. You've got Eddie Gajardo, Tremont Shorts, who's 6'4", 326. And, and, and they flopped. You know, right. Shorts last year was a guard, and Gajardo for the first couple of years was a tackle. And now they've moved Gajardo inside and Shorts outside. So I'm kind of curious to see how that meshes to see, you know, how one adjusts going to the interior line and how one protects on the perimeter. And you've got Cameron Parker on the blind side of Chance Thrasher. So your left tackle, Parker, then Smith, Blackman, Gajardo, and Shorts going from left to right you mentioned Nate Adkins you know they really do like him he's just a sophomore so this is a chance for him to continue to develop wide receiver is the interesting one to me because you have penciled in as the starters Braxton Richburg Will Huzzy and Anthony Spagnoletti I think talking about the wide receiver position last year and the fact that
that there were some struggles, at least in the mind of Randy Sanders, at that position to have three players that were on that team last year as the starters going into game one. A little bit concerning to me because when the recruiting class came out and Jamal Couch, Mississippi State transfer, and Isaiah Wilson, who they were very, very high on, was someone in kind of the 11th hour that uh, committed to ETSU after it looked like the Bucks did not have a chance to seal him up. Having those two not be amongst the three or X, Y, or Z starters going into Appalachian State, um, surprised. I, I really am. You know, Couch is 6'4", 227. He is a physically imposing presence, especially in the red zone. That's somebody that I hope you see a lot on the field once you get down to the 10 or 15-yard line. Throw a fade, throw a fade stop, those type of things, because there's not going to be a lot of players that can match up with his size at any position, really, that would be guarding a wide receiver, uh, let alone the cornerback position. And, you know, Wilson, uh, six feet, 205 pounds, but someone very physically gifted. And, you know, I know that you're not so big into reading into the two deep. I'm kind of playing more of the fan approach of just I'm looking at what I have here. I'm looking at what I was thinking it would be coming into this release of the first two deep that's been exchanged with Appalachian State. And it just doesn't resemble at a few positions what I thought it would be, wide receiver and then also a quarterback with Chance Thrasher being number one. That's not much of a surprise considering the injury to Cade Weldon, but Tyler Idell is not on that two deep. So for me, I think I take this a little bit more um, heavily than you with the two deep, but you're also you know very familiar with how these things work. Um, and the precedent that has been set, the game one too deep may not resemble at all what we see in game two against Shorter. Well, and, I, and, and it, it happens for a lot of reasons. Number one, sometimes when you, when you open up against Mars Hill or Limestone, that's a different setting than open up against Appalachian State. Sometimes you just want to have guys in that first series or so that have played in more games, a little more experience with the offense. There's, there's a lot of reasons for that. that and the other thing is game one. I, I think sometimes – coaches let guys play their way out of positions sometimes uh the other thing is is there's still probably a little bit of an adjustment process i, I think for isaiah wilson i don't i don't think he got on campus as quick as everybody else did mm. and so i think he might be a, a, a little bit behind the eight ball jamal couch came on campus in january so you know you're probably rightfully thinking um you know we thought maybe he would step up from there but Again, the question is, when you get into some critical third downs, you get in the third quarter, who's out there on the field? And then that may reflect who's in the starting lineup. A couple of guys I want to point out, though, that are very interesting to see. One's Will Huzzy. I was impressed with him all last season. Also six d- foot four During pregame warm-ups. I mean, he just stood out and they wanted to redshirt him and let him mature, gain some weight and stuff. He's done that. The other one is a guy that's come out of nowhere that has caught my attention in practice is Julian Lane Price, or JLP as I've nicknamed him, whether he likes that or not. I've just gone with it. A nickname or an acronym? No, I, it's just an acronym. Well, acronym <laughs> but, um, he, he's been outstanding. He's made some diving catches. He's been all over the place. He's a high-motor guy. I mean, he's just going all out. Keith Coffey, you still go back and think, he's got all the skills. Can he put it together, right? So the receiving core is still one of the biggest unknowns, but I do think – that six, seven guys are going to get an opportunity, will they be able to mesh with Chance Thrasher or whoever the signal caller is going to be down the stretch? Are they going to be able to mesh well? Thrasher's obviously going to be the guy first. He can spin it a little bit. He can run now. You know, that's the other thing. You know, Austin Herring sort of ran out of necessity. I think Chance can actually run um, if you need him to. So I think that's going to be a little bit of different dynamic to the offense than maybe – uh, what we've seen in the past, some has to maybe account for the quarterback. But, you know, who's going to be able to haul in uh, pass catches when the lights are on? I think that's the biggest thing. Coach Sanders has talked about, you know, practice is one thing. Even scrimmaging yourself is another thing. 
sometimes guys, when they get and the lights are on and the crowd's there, they make plays. And sometimes you have to give them a shot to figure out who those guys are. I wonder also how much of the two deep, the first one that we see is kind of a mental game with a coach versus players. Isaiah Wilson and Jamal Couch are new to this program. Uh, Couch has been around college football at a very high level. Wilson has been uh, much discussed and talked about as someone that can be a difference maker. Could it maybe be a little bit of a statement of you're not just going to walk in here and take a position. You need to earn it like everyone else. And it could just be withholding a little bit from them just so to keep them hungry, to keep them working. Uh, It also could be demoralizing if they take it the wrong way. So it is kind of a a careful game that's played with coaches versus players in these type of situations. I'm not sure what the answer is to that, but it's just another aspect to consider. What are your thoughts on what they're doing with the front seven? You've got Nasir Player and Jason Madua-Fakwa on each end. I know I thought for perhaps, you know, a couple of weeks there that they may toy with moving Madua-Fakwa inside and having him be more of a space eater. He's clearly got the strength. You've seen on Twitter all summer he's been, you know, putting up like 700 pounds on the squad. So it's not like he's not going to be able to hang with those big guys inside. Instead, they're going with Austin Rowan at that nose tackle position and player and Madua-Fakwa kind of sandwich him on that line at each end. Blake Bockworth, Zach Yancey, Jared Folks, Donovan Manuel are the four linebackers. I thought what one of the things they may do is move Bakrith to kind of that stand-up end position, which kind of a 3-4 linebacker is off the edge anyway, but if they were going to move Madua Fakwa inside, maybe move Bakrith to being down. It's I- almost like you've seen practice because uh, <laughs> they've actually, t- I, honestly, they, I was out there last week, they tinkered with that a little bit. Madua Fakwa actually played some nose. Hmm. Uh, they did move him inside to play some nose. They brought in, I'm trying to think it was uh, Javon Hurd, or uh, it was Javon Hurd mainly, uh, went to the end, and then they walked up a standing Blake Bockrath mm. on the opposite side. I wasn't practice Saturday, but I legitimately was not watching any of that. Yeah, they, was, I, it's funny. They, they, I was talking I, with Austin Herrick and J.J. German. I knew you were shocked. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Man, yeah. But uh, but they actually did do that. And I'll say this, Madua Fakwa, who is listed at 270 on the depth chart, I was talking uh, to Al Johnson. He said he's a legit 285. Oh, okay. And I don't know if they don't want to put 285 because as a defensive end, that's a bit hefty and – you know, if you're trying to help a kid get drafted, all that. But I think Madua Fakwa, again, because they're thin, they tried to pick up some guys, uh, some transfers, some grads, and, and it just didn't work out. And so they're still a little thin there, so it wouldn't shock me uh, to see Madua Fakwa inside just because, again, he's 285. He can eat up a lot of space. Plus, to be honest, he's, he's, he's athletic. It's going to be tough. He's strong and athletic. It's going to be tough for, I think, a center and guard combination even in a passing situation. But especially against the run, I'll be curious to see if they move him inside more, some of those situations. I thought the biggest thing was uh, the emergence of the redshirt freshman Donovan right. uh, Manuel because you look at Bockreth, Yancey, Folks, you sort of you knew that. Pretty penciled And, and even Col- Colton Lakes is going to get quite a bit of action at inside linebacker. But I thought for sure Ed Davis, who's a transfer from Appalachian State, who certainly wants to get in this contest. I thought Ed had an opportunity to get the start, but Manuel's been outstanding in the games that I've I've seen him so far. And then, of course, the the shocker is is Titus Tucker uh, not being on the roster and uh, not with the team anymore. And so, uh, you know, you lose that, but you still return your core guys. And it wasn't like Artavia Smith didn't see action strong safety. Plus, he started a few games. And you get a guy people forget about, and MJ Woods back, who had a couple interceptions including his first start in that vmi game uh, and so he played the first four had an injury taking advantage of redshirt rule he's still got four to go he's put on a little size too he's up to about well, he's about 160 last year he's up to 181 and i don't know if you've seen quay holmes but he was about 200 pounds last year he's about 216 now yeah. 
Boy, he looks the part. Yeah, no question. I mean, he looks every bit of the part, both in height and weight, and obviously we've seen him run. He looks the part on the field as well. So that secondary is DeLince and Lewis at corners and Robinson and Smith at safety. So uh, very interesting to see what they've done with the defense. I don't think you can really go wrong. It is the more experienced, and I guess if you're really just going to talk black and white, probably better side of the ball at this point, more experienced side of the ball, more ready side of the ball, and has looked in scrimmages and in practices uh, every bit of that uh, during this preseason as well during camp they, they've kind of dominated so the defense looks very strong well and two more names on the defense that that you should start to know one is quinn smith and tyler murphy both those guys will get a shot to play a little bit of nickel corner murphy's a transfer from miami florida was a walk-on down there quinn smith is a redshirt freshman that has made some quality plays both those guys have a ton of interceptions in the the couple scrimmages and some inner squads they've done this year and I know we're running out a little bit of time, but specialty uh, important Landon, to talk about. Uh, well, and Landon Kunak will be back for kickoff, so he'll get the first crack there. And then you've got a freshman punter and a freshman kicker, Tyler Keltner, 160 freshman. I actually saw him kick a 57 yarder again. Nobody was around him, but he's definitely got a strong leg. And then I've seen Garrett Taylor uh, just punt the ball phenomenally. Now, where kind of a rugby style that he can, yeah, well, employ both. That, That's yeah. right. He can traditional. He can rugby. They can roll them out. I thought the one thing though that Marion Watson who had his struggles at time. What he was really good at, though, when you got near midfield, he was great at pinning the opposing team inside the 20 and even inside the 10. So that will be curious to see not just how Taylor handles just a normal rush trying to kick it out of his own end zone, but can he also help the field position game and keep uh, teams pinned down. And then Dustin Nickel is now your long snapper. So we don't have somebody named uh, uh, Mullins snapping it for the first time. He's on time. the depth chart, though. Yeah, uh, oh, of course. As, it's, as it's, his brother. it's his brother. Yeah. Chandler Mullins is there. Uh, and then the, the two kick returners are Holmes and Sailors. Punt return, they got Tyree Robinson, but don't forget Malik McGee has just transferred in uh, from Army, uh, a Science Hill product here from Johnson City. He is uh, a guy that clearly has some top-end speed. Specifically on the kickers, J.J. German, when I was talking to him out of practice Saturday, he was just in town for a day, was trying to kind of guide the kickers through, you know, what it's like to kick in a game. And he said he's really working more on the mental side of things with Tyler Keltner and, and the kickers that are competing for that job that Keltner has now come out on the better end of. He said they've all got the physical gifts. And like you said, Keltner's out there hitting 57 yarders, regardless of if there's anyone around him or not. That is a big physical task to be able to complete as someone just coming in as a freshman into a college program. So the physical gifts are there, J.J. was telling me. He said that the mental side is going to be the battle, which really for a lot of 18-year-olds coming into a college program is the case. Specifically, though, with kickers, when you're sitting there for a lot of the game watching what's going on and then pretty much cold, you know, at least in terms of game action, have to come in in a first game in a big stadium with a lot of people there against a team that is guy for guy just probably going to be better than you 99 days out of 100. It's not a simple thing to just walk into a game, put all of that out of your mind and say, ah, this is just another kick because really it isn't for Tyler Keltner. That first kick is going to be the first of his collegiate career, a collegiate career he wants to start on the right foot that he hopes is long and prosperous, that he hopes he can help the Bucs compete not only in that game but also throughout the season. So Keltner needs to have that mental side of things down, and if it doesn't happen in game one, it's not a time to panic. It can happen throughout the year. It'll take a little bit of time, but I'm guessing that he will be able to figure it out, especially if he has a guy like J.J. German in his ear. Well, and I, it's a it's a good guy to have to try to get you in game situations. So, segment one wrapped up. You know what else is exciting about Sanderson Sidekick? No, I don't. We're back in 30 seconds. This is Sanderson Sidekick. Uh, what, what are we again? Ah, Jay knows the English First language. Yeah, It'll be in the future. Next is Pros vs. Jay, Sanderson the Sidekick, Buccaneers Sports Network. Over the last 70 years, Johnson City Power Board has had a few different looks. 
but we've remained the same trusted partner you rely on. Now, we've changed our name to Brightridge to match our vision, to deliver on our promise of great service you can count on, embracing common sense technology to strengthen the communities we serve. We're glad to be your public power provider. Bright Ridge, new name, renewed promise. Learn more at brightridge.com. Pros. Buckle up for Kobe. Kobe Bryant just sucked the gravity out of the target center. What a play. seen anything like that. And the deep left center from Mitchell. And we'll see you tomorrow night. High fly ball into right field. She is gone. In a year that has been so improbable, the impossible has happened. Edmonds hit 42 home runs during the regular season. Versus Jays. I need a shower. Worst intro ever. Top three Terrible. segment Terrible. on the show last year. Top three. Number one with a bullet. Runaway. What do you Terrible. think? Terrible. Terrible. So, I don't even know why I'm even here. I should just leave the room and let you just do it. Well, you still have a presence. It's pros versus Jays, you know, and usually you do have a soundbite during pros versus Jays, but since it has been, let's see, I'm counting the days. Has it been like 163 days since you've been on air or something like that? Is, it, is that about right? Yes. So 163 days. So we don't have any sound bites from you this week, but we have a lot to catch up on in terms of the high end pro side of things. But also, there was some local news early on in the summer. It was May, I believe, 8th in particular. You don't often hear from Steve Forbes, the basketball program, during the spring and summer. Usually they're focused on their business, and they certainly were this year as well. But uh, Coach Forbes went out of his way to address a couple of things in a press conference, give a little bit of an update on the program. And needless to say, it didn't exactly go as planned. When a local media member questioned a few things about how the CIT went, the SOCON tournament went, and some personnel happenings over the offseason at that point that the Bucks had come across, why those things happened and what came from them. First of all, Questioning concussions is kind of questioning my integrity, and I, don't, and I don't like that, okay? And I'll tell you this right now. I have no say in concussion protocol. That is the trainer and the doctor, okay? And so for anybody to assume that I would have anything to do with that is ludicrous, okay? I would never, I would never put my job in jeopardy. I would never put the trainer's job in jeopardy. It's a three-part deal. And the doctor's job in jeopardy by... Coming up with some type of concussion, okay? So that's that's our line, all right? Um, yeah, he got hurt in the Wofford game. I ate dinner with him afterwards, and he was cuckoo for cocoa puffs. And I knew he was probably going to be out. And it's a ten it's a ten day deal. The thing that I don't like about it is is that you know we got we don't, I guess we don't have enough to do. We got to come up with conspiracy theories. Let's get something straight. Armis and Rodriguez. No, nope, I'm gonna talk. Rod, Rodriguez and Armas are two different entities, okay? I've said that over and over and over, and that's why I'm sitting here today. Maladin transferred for his reasons. Jerome went pro and came back. They have nothing, 
nothing to do with each other. They happened to get a concussion at the same time, which was very unfortunate. And it was unfortunate Pat couldn't play. And it was unfortunate my dad died. But there wasn't I could do about that. Okay? But as far as questioning a concussion, don't go there with me ever again on an injury. You got that? Don't. And let me, let me, and let, and, and we and I, let me just tell you something. I'm going to tell you again. Don't ever go there again with me on an injury. I go to the trainer. I go to the doctor. I don't hide nothing. And the other thing is, I did not get a raise by interviewing at New Mexico. You wrote that the other day. That's totally a lie, okay? I had a raise long before I met with New Mexico. All right? I met with New Mexico at the final four. I got the raise a month before I went to the final four. To be fair to this soundbite, it's really more of a pros versus Jays combo crazy coach, uh, which is a segment that we did on Thursday with uh, Crazy Coach, our crazy coach that comes on and talks about crazy coach soundbites that you hear throughout the week. And head coach Steve Forbes, none too happy with the line of questioning of said local media member. And you could hear that it was kind of a buildup of a couple of things that Coach Forbes basically said, well, I think that I'm done with this particular local media member. Uh, it was involving Miladin Armas and a concussion and Dromi Rodriguez and his decision to leave, then come back with the ETSU men's basketball program. Armas is now at Boise State, and Dromi Rodriguez will be back with the team this year. I was just on the trip with the Bucks in Europe. So uh, there's a lot to unpack from that one soundbite, but certainly one of my favorites. I have not seen locally something that was that titillating in terms of a soundbite from a coach, and that's including the fact that we have Randy Sanders on this staff, and you're always going to get something good from him. But head coach Steve Forbes, um, he took it to another level. We set a record for most beeps on Sanders in the sidekick, too. There's more beeps coming, too. Is there? There are All more right. beeps coming. Um, um, here's what I think, um, because the way everything went down, Coach Forbes, j- just with the CIT passing his dad, just everything, he kind of wanted to do this to set the, just to kind of wrap up the year, which he would normally do after a loss at the end of the year, but he wasn't able to. So he thought, let's do that. Okay. That was sort of where he went from there. What had happened and transpired between there was there was a lot of grumblings amongst media members, not in particular the one that obviously asked a question and got the brunt of it, but there were other media members that were floating these conspiracy theories around. And I remember getting asked in church. I think Kim Brown's getting personal uh, text messages. I mean, all the media members wanted to know. It just happened that one guy asked it. The others wanted to know. I mean, they were all asking us, but none of them wanted to ask it. They wanted to behind closed doors give it to. Hey, will you tell me this is true? You're faking it and all this. And of course, I'm like, no. But you can ask him yourself. And so then, when it became time to ask it. Nobody wanted to ask it, but I assure you every one of those media members in the room wanted to know that answer, and they all were secretly thinking, thank goodness he asked that question, not me. To be fair, this one local media member often does put himself at the center of controversy. Is that fair? No, that, that, that is fair. I do think this is the one time that all the media wanted to know that answer. Sometimes it's his own doing because, you know, he wants to be that guy, right? Correct. But this was a situation where – Every one of those media members in the room wanted to know the answer to that question because everyone thought it was a little hooey. And Coach is right because you think A and B are separate, but they did at the same time. You're thinking they're connected. And then he obviously, I think he was strong enough in his statement to prove that that was not the case. So that was more of a combo, crazy coach slash pros versus Jays. The rest 
are pros and very acclaimed ones. These two, there's two middle ones. We're going to play them separately because they're not necessarily related, except in the line of questioning of should this person retire and get out of the game. And one of these people did, in fact, retire before coming back. And I can't actually tell if this is more Mike Francesa or Jay Sandoz with some of the math done in this segment. Let me give it to you exactly. So they've played 118. They have 44 games to play. How many games will it take? Let me think about this for a second. There's 61 and 57. Okay. They got 44 games to play. If they win 22 and 22, they got 83. Good so far. That's not cutting it. That's 83, 79. That's not getting you anything. So, you got to take 22, 22, take four off that, go to 26, take four off that. That's 26 and 18. That's 89. No. No. 61, 26. I don't think yet. Not 89. Take one more off there. I think it'll probably take 90 wins to get the wild card. Right? I see nothing wrong with this math, by the way. <laughs> I mean, well, that, wait a second. 61, 22, 83, that'd be seven more. Mm-hmm. That's 90. Boy, that, that's playing really good. Well, it's better than 90. They have to play, they have to play 29. Mm. It's pretty good baseball. I think it might take 90. It's 89 anyway. Eddie and Hoboken, what's up, Eddie? Mike, i yes. got to tell you, listening to the dead air while you're doing math is one of the greatest things out there. <laughs> it's the best. Thanks, guy. <laughs> That's what you stayed on the phone to do? You know? I mean, I mean thanks, for the, thanks for that. You know what? That's it. So tell me, uh, please, Eddie, tell me now how to do a show. I haven't figured that out yet. Yeah, so thanks. Give me, give me, give me some pointers. I need them. I'm starting to think that Mike Francesa does need pointers on how to do a show. Like, he's forgotten what the structure and the fact that you can't just sit there and do math on air and expect people to be entertained. That was him trying to add up when the Mets were 61 and 57. How many wins over the next 44 and last 44 games that they would need to get the wild card spot? He thinks 89 or 90 wins is going to get it. I don't understand why he didn't just say, I think 90 wins is what they yeah, need. It's they said they're adding it up and clearly flubbed the entire thing. Has. Has anyone needed to get out of the game more than Mike Francesa? He did once. Now he's back. Is he WFAN? Is that right in New York? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's probably, I think of my generation, probably at least the last 10, 15 years, the most known sports talk show host in the country, I would think. Now, the only person I think that could rival him in terms of needing to get out of the game more is perhaps this man. Miami has beaten Florida seven out of the last eight games. Seven out of the last eight games. <laughs> oh, my God. I forgot to tell you one thing. Florida has won the opener 28 and 1. Right. The recent opener. <laughs> They've won 28 and 29. So you know what I mean, sweetheart? What's I'm going with the Kings. Uh, really? Puts on a Florida hat. Oh, no, wait a minute. Canes. That looks like That's the, the Gators. Gator. That's, That's the Florida Gator headgear. I'm a girl with the Florida Gators. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> just as, I was just checking to see if you were listening. First game day of the year off to a smashing start with Lee Corso. How old is he again? Uh, Poor Lee. I know, right? Let it go. It, yeah. Let, let it go. Let him ride off into the sunset. Those two are, I mean, Francesa and Corso clearly demonstrating that if you gain a certain amount of fame, 
you can continue. There's until, hope for us. Is that what you're saying? Well, there's hope no, for there's us? no hope for us. Okay. But the, with those two, that's, another reason there's not hope for us is because those two are still hanging on and they're producing horrible radio and horrible TV. But people keep coming back and they keep coming back and producers keep wanting them back. Uh, game day was kind of just a mess overall. And here's the last one for the first pros versus Jays of the first episode of Santos and the Sidekick season two. Desmond Howard opened the show with. Uh, Quite the statement. Michigan make a big enough splash to beat Ohio State this year. I know you've never been asked that question. Oh, uh, Reese Davis, I'm, is Desmond Howard going to have to joke a <laughs> Desmond Howard going with the Wayne Brady from Dave Chappelle show is blank. In this case, Desmond Howard, but it was Wayne Brady during the sketch. Going to have to choke a new fill in the blank as he wow. did. on, t- And they did not bleep it. That was live over ESPN and they let him say the word. I don't know if the censors just missed it, or you can say that now, like on Saturday I can't, morning. I can't I'm imagine the, Saturday morning that's still legal. I wouldn't think uh, so. Kids are watching cartoons. Yeah, and such. I don't think. Uh, Desmond Howard, your guy. Michigan. He is my guy. Yeah. He's my guy. Um, yeah, what a disaster game day was. Yeah, it was. It felt like, and honestly, I watched some of it. It felt like a forced week zero game yeah, day, right? right? It did. It really felt like they were, I don't know if they were trying to work, like trying to get a few segments and work out the kinks. It, it was. There it clearly was are great. some kinks to yeah, work out. <laughs> some new thing. Then we're in Orlando. It was just a whole different, it was a ordeal. I, I actually stopped watching at some point, which is hard for me to say. But I look forward to mixing you in next week, and I'm quite sure not. there will be plenty of There'll things be from be game not. number yes, one. Yes, to because be able game to one, at some point in time, I'll say basketball instead of football. We know it's going to happen. <laughs> happens every uh, season. So. If, that's the, if that's the least of uh, the things that you do, I think you're doing good shape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's probably true, too. All right, as promised, Randy Sanders. How does he feel about his montage? Is it montage worthy? After this short timeout, you're listening to Sandos and the Sidekick. You can download us on SoundCloud and on iTunes. You can subscribe to RSS feed. We're back in 30 seconds after this on the Buccaneer Sports Network. Life is all about perfect pairings. Sweet and salty, naughty and nice, hot and cold. Well, add instant and jackpot to the list because that's what you'll get when you add Quick Cash to your next Tennessee Cash play. Quick Cash is a simple way to turn one game into two. With Quick Cash, you'll have a chance to win up to $500 instantly right there at the register. Plus, you'll still have a chance to win the Tennessee Cash drawing later. Get the best of both worlds and get twice the fun. It's Quick Cash with Tennessee Cash, only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. I'm not supposed to say that. Let's go. It's big boy football. We're not playing touchy-filly, everybody be happy, you know, football anymore. Let's go. Bigger offense looks future. We act like we had never seen a defensive line before. Really an embarrassing performance. I thought I was going to have a coronary down here on the sideline on offense. Let's go. Sleep is that important? Go get some more. We'll play without you. Let's go. I'd have that goalpost thrown over my shoulder coming back up the interstate, probably naked with the thing on my shoulder. I'll carry that rail myself, 100-something pounds, but I'll put that thing under one arm and get it in the trophy case. Let's go. I can't wait to get home and fire up a cigar and have my dot Pepsi. Let's go. If you'd offered me 6-1 and one to begin the season, I would probably thought I'd been drinking something other than dot Pepsis with my cigars. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I'm an old fat guy, and I'm sitting here fighting cramps right now. Let's go. I might smoke up at least $20 worth of cigar tonight. Let's go. I was sitting here looking at chicken wings and tater tots. And I think I got to stop those three buses somewhere and buy them an ice cream cone. We just got to find somewhere that's got a buttload of soft serve ice cream. Let's go. Well, I don't know if I want you to know where I live, but I'll be <laughs> glad to meet you somewhere. Let's go. I, I don't believe I said some of those. I think y'all making a up on me now. Let's go. I really hope my wife and daughters aren't listening to this. Let's go. What a catalog that is. You've done some great things over the last year, Randy Sanders, but 
I mean, that might be unrivaled right there in itself. Well, I, personally, I still don't think I said all those things. I think you guys are uh, uh, found a way to uh, make it sound like I do. Yeah, you guys, I might duplicate my voice or something. Jay's Jay's pretty talented over here, and you're pretty talented. So, uh, it, it was quite a year, and listening and all that, that brought back a lot of great memories, but uh, also uh, brought back some of those memories where I almost had a coronary and the putrid <laughs> offense. I remember those very well. He's saying we're masters well, of manipulation with the audio software and elsewhere, I think. Well, I, I'll say Which this. Which is fair. It, it does, and it was almost in chronological order, right, on how the season right. went, and we didn't mean it to be that way, but it's sort of how it happened as your team was figuring it out. You heard some of those sound bites, and then uh, as you got a little better, all of a sudden we're, we're buying a buttload of ice cream somewhere, right? Yeah, and smoking $20 worth of cigars, which uh, that's, that's always a good night right there when you get to do that. I never really considered it that way, but you're right. It starts off with, you know, I shouldn't say most of this stuff, and then it's a lot of the offensive issues, and then slowly it emerges from the darkness into what was an NCAA playoff team and a historic year. Yeah, you know, he mentions the 6-1, and one, and then you start getting some really good – sound bites from there and then uh, i thought it wrapped up nicely towards the end where uh you know he don't want his wife and daughter to hear some of these <laughs> and you know think we're making about my personal favorite still is when i can't remember what we were talking about and he jumped in and just interrupted me and says i don't want you to know where i live yes. that's all i remember i think that's mine too now i have to ask you this because this show first one of the year is kind of a bridge between when we stopped doing podcasts at the end of march and now and we're doing a little bit of a retrospective, catching up on some things where we maybe left some loose ends uh, untied last year. I'm quite sure that, Coach, this is probably your favorite segment of the podcast, knowing that you're a loyal and daily listener. Uh, Jay, where, where was this in your pantheon of great segments from last year's show? Well, the only thing I liked about uh, this segment was you did, uh, and everybody in the studio, did a great job of hiding this segment. So oh, yeah. I would always go in thinking we're doing something else, and then it would hijack the segment with the montage. Uh, but I think it's up there because, you know, you, you can... Because you can hear it hit. I mean, this right. is shocking just... Whoa. I mean, bam, you it know. comes right at you. It's in your face. I think um, I kind of liked uh, bold predictions for how bad I was sure. uh, in bold predictions. Both of us, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, and other than that, I think this was my, my other favorite segment, And I'm assuming, so. Coach, this is number one, along with perhaps maybe us doing usual actual sound bites from your Monday press conference that we used on the show on Tuesday. Well, you know, anytime I get to be uh, with you guys and doing this stuff, you know, put the headset on and talk with you all and get my voice recorded, it's a great day. And, um, you know, so, you know, you all do a great job. It's fun to hang out with you all. And the the, the montage is funny. I I, I still (laughs) – I know I keep saying it. I don't remember saying a lot of those things. But um, – it, that, that's that's pretty funny stuff. We have we have one fan well, of the show. That's a nice thing to know. Well, and, and the thing is, uh, and when we pitched this to uh, a few weeks ago for you to come in and talk about this, it was like you know it's game week, you're getting ready, and we're going to ask a lot of that. And we've got coaches shows coming up and press conferences. We've got the between the yeah, lines everything stuff. Go, yeah, everywhere yeah. Else. Let's have one yeah. a little bit of fun, and then somewhere mid year we'll probably check in with where you are this year's montage, and then of course we'll do a year end wrap up. But you know we didn't actually use all of the good quotes we had yeah and it is funny because we've been teasing this for about seven or eight months i mean on the show it was at least once a week where we said randy's going to be coming in next week and we're going to do this exact same thing that we're doing here today with him and it wasn't actually pitched until a couple weeks ago so not only were we flat out lying to the listeners uh, which, I is, do feel which bad is common about that. which I, is common i do feel bad about that but i'm not losing too much sleep over it uh but in fact 
we were lying to the point where there wasn't even a possibility that was actually going to happen until the last couple of weeks. And, and let's just say somebody's listening for the first time. Explain <laughs> real quick, briefly, what we're going to do and what Coach is going to do. So we had these items that were tabled, quote-unquote. We had a voting system last year. There were three people, myself, Jay, yourself, and then Trey, Jacob, whoever may have been in the studio at that time. We voted in certain sound bites to the montage or voted them out. There were some where we came to a stalemate. We couldn't decide, and we said, who better to turn to than the man, the myth, the legend himself, hmm. Randy Sanders. So we've got six. We have six items. You can hear that I do fade out the music at about 1.30 here, but there's about 45 seconds left of what is Goldberg's entrance uh, in WWE, uh, not to get us sued on copyright, but uh, that is where that's from. There's about 45 seconds left of that song, so there is room there, Coach for more sound bites, and that's why you're here to ultimately be the deciding to, voice. To basically well, wrap up last year. Well, it's probably a good thing you got some sound bites from last year because, you know, last year when you're 8-4 and four as a head coach, you can be quotable. If you're not uh, – if you're 4-8, and eight, you kind of keep your mouth shut and try not to get in the newspaper or on the radio too much. You try, you, you don't issue many quotes. So. so when you go 12-0, and 0, what happens then? I'm just curious. Oh, we're going ha- to have a heck of a time <laughs> then. Yeah, we'll – We'll all be eating ice cream and smoking cigars if that happens. (laughs) All right, so should we get to the first one? Yes. There are six of varying lengths, and the last one's a little bit long, but all the others will fit in very nicely if you do decide to vote them in, Coach. Here's number one. So we have the Doritos bags on the wall. and um, Here's why I like this one, because it's just kind of in common conversation. You just say, yeah, the Doritos bags are over there on the wall. It's like... Anything that comes out of Coach's mouth, I'm not expecting that just in casual conversation, but there was the point last year where a Dorito sponsorship, it seemed at least, was a real possibility. Well, I, I certainly wanted it. I'm thinking about changing from Doritos to Little Debbie's this year. Uh, I, I'm a big Little Debbie's fan also. Little Debbie's and uh, Dot Pepsi go well together. Uh, we don't uh, have to vote, I suppose, because uh, you, you and me came to a stalemate on this. Um, out of all the other quotes I heard, I, I, it's good, but I don't. I don't think it's it's not it's not Randy montage worthy. Good. So, so you not, notice you notice in the Sanders montage, montage coach that there there's a tone, there's a tenor, there's also a pace, and this is all of the things. I know it sounds stupid for us to give so much thought into quotes into this song, but it is exactly what we did: tone, tenor, pace. Do you think it fits? Do you vote it in or out? Uh, since I don't have a sponsorship, I'm voting out. That's fair. I, like I mean, it. that's I a like very it. good way to decide. Next, uh, next one, second one. You don't see guys walking around, jogging around on the practice field. So I, I've often said this: you are not a man, you are a machine, and that is Robot Randy. That's Robot Coach Sanders at its best. Is that a proof you are not human, or b something else is going on? What do you, what do you got? Oh. I am definitely human. You can ask my wife. She will, she will definitely uh, tell you all my human flaws, and there's no question I got a number of them. But uh, I kind of like that. I, I think that's a pretty good one right there. A peek behind the curtain. There's nothing really funny about the quote itself. It's just a normal quote like, hey, guys aren't walking on the practice field anymore. We're picking it up. We're hustling. You know, part of the change in tenor and culture around the program. That's just a mechanical failure on our side with our tie line internet service that we use for these broadcasts. I think that was a coach's show. And Wild One Cafe maybe wasn't having such a great day at internet. So that it's not like you actually broke out into robotic speak. That's where that came from. So in or out, Coach? Ian, I like it. I'm glad that he's giving yeah, as much thought. Too. You hear him with the deep like side. It. It's like, I don't know, going back and forth. He's giving <laughs> the same amount of credence to this as we did. That's I mean, we're, we're wrapping up the year. We need to wrap up last year's montages. What is going to be in? What's going to be out? It's his montage, right, as much as we do it. So I think it, <laughs> he should have the final say. There wouldn't be a montage without him. Okay, Robot Randy is in. Here's number three. That's somebody else's problem. I just got to pay for it. 
<laughs> out of context, you don't know what's going on, but I do enjoy the uh, anytime something like that comes up. Well, and it seems like those things come up a lot. <laughs> you know, that's, that's one of those things you never hear about uh, when you're a coordinator wanting to be a head coach, but when you get to be a head coach, it's amazing how often you face those situations. So just the fact it comes up so often, I, I, I'm saying Ian, I like it. I liked it too from the beginning. I, no, I, to, I totally agree, and I'll be honest, it, it doesn't matter what level you're at either. That's always an issue, is it not? That's, it always is. That's number two that is in. So two mm-hmm. of three have been in. Here's number four. We'd have a great Christmas if it weren't for ifs and buts. I enjoyed that because it was heading towards, I think that was the playoff game, if memory serves. We're about a month away from Christmas, getting into the holiday spirit. Um, of course, you know, such a great game against Jacksonville State. Very competitive, and there were a lot of ifs and buts, quote-unquote, with that game. And uh, bringing in the holiday season and Christmas and the spirit, and that was very randy to me. I really enjoyed it. Well, I appreciate you feeling that way. To me, it's it's... It's a little too cliche-ish. It's not original, so I'm going to have to say out. <laughs> He's got a brand. I love it. Randy has a brand now. He knows his soundbite, and that is not Randy. Hey, and soundbite. if I remember correctly, uh, I think I voted it down, and he voted it in, and that's where the stalemate uh, came in. I just want to say. Well, good for you. I, I, I enjoyed the ups and buts. Okay, <laughs> uh, that's out. So two of four. Here's number five. Are you asking me? Okay. I don't know. <laughs> just incredulous. I think that was maybe about – Possibly a recruiting thing on a question from a coach's show, if memory serves, and great answer by you because, God forbid, we get a little bit too close on that. I I think I was reading an actual tweet or question, Mm. but the way it was phrased was a little awkward. And so then when I got done reading it, he was just staring at me, I guess waiting for the question or whatever it was, and and I I, kind of read it. You know me. I'm like like Ron Burgundy. You put it in front of me. I just read it as is (laughs) and assume everyone knows what it is. And and so I kind of feel like that's where it was. Also brilliant because it was – the Randy Sanders coaches show. So the question could have been directed anywhere else. Like, yes, it was obviously for Randy, but it was smart where he was like, I don't think I better get too close to this. So you can't be possibly talking to me in or out coach. Well, I've been told uh, for many, many years that I'm fairly sarcastic and cynical. And uh, I felt like that quote has a certain amount of cynicism and sarcasm in it. So, um, I think it fits. I'm going in. The brand, for the brand. Now, this last one is tough. Uh, the reason this didn't get in originally, because I think it may be my favorite quote of yours throughout the 2018 season, your first year here, and that is saying a lot because, as you hear in the montage, it is endless material, constant originals, the creativity, uh, the whether it's pre-planned or off the top, the combination is fantastic. This one, for me, is as good as it gets, but 11 seconds long. And I couldn't find places to take it out and cut it up because everything's integral to the quote. I don't know if you remember what I'm talking about. Jay, I think you might. Uh, This was from, I believe, a November coaches show. Uh, But I'll let it speak for itself. Playing quarterback in the shotgun, if the snap is low, it's like driving down the interstate at 75 miles an hour and sticking your head under the steering wheel to find your cell phone in the floorboard. When you raise up, you don't have a clue what has happened. I love that one. It's so good. It's the best. And because somebody had asked, that was a direct a, a question about, you know, I, I don't know, there was a game where we had two or three low snaps, I think in the same possession. Mm. And, and we just went backwards, three straight plays. And you just can't do anything. And so I think somebody had asked about that. And, and what, you know, and then I think I had said, well, how can you, is there anything you can kind of compare it to? And after I think he took a few seconds, a deep breath, and a boom, there it was. Like, there's the whole analogy, which I think most people can relate to. Uh, hopefully you don't drop yourself on driving, especially with new hands-free law in the state of Tennessee. But if you were, I think you can understand exactly where Coach is coming from there. 
think the Tennessee Highway Safety Patrol is a sponsor of It is now. It is now. So we better make sure that no one's doing that. Can I ask where that came from? Was that literally just an off-the-top thing? Have you done that before, knowing the law was different before? Can you shed some light on that, Coach? Well, I have to uh, total disclosure. I've used that comparison with coaches and with uh, some of our players in the past. So it – I don't know exactly when it came up, where it came from. Probably goes back, uh, honestly, a couple of years. But uh, that was the first time sharing it with, with Jay and first time sharing it on the radio. So uh, I guess in that way it was original, but it wasn't just uh, uh, straight off the dome, as they but, say. But which, was it something that you've heard from somebody else or it was your original, you just may have used it for a second or a third time? Because I think that's well, important it, to it, the montage. Yeah, it it. it it wasn't original, but it was something I had – it wasn't used for the first time. Mm. Uh, doesn't diminish recording. it for me. It doesn't diminish it for me, though. Uh, it really doesn't because it was delivered so smooth, too. It, it sounded like you had used it a couple times, but that's okay because if – I haven't heard it, it's new to me. And so it was new to me, and I thought it was great. Now, you've heard the quick pace of the montage. It feels a bit lengthy, but there's also not a word that I can splice out and slam together and make it shorter because – you used everything so well, those 11 seconds, you need everything. So I'm just not sure what to do with it. Too long, throw it out. Too long, throw it out. Oh, it hurts. <laughs> Definitive, it. though. Definitive. I love it. So now my question is, that, that's all of them. So I believe we have two in, mm-hmm. the second and third ones, and, and we'll throw those in and have, I guess, a quote-unquote final montage for 2018 or do we continue to build on this one do we come up with a new song for 2019 since we talked about 12 and 0 and he's going to be throwing the quotes out all the time i I think we close my suggestion is we close the book on this year okay he's already proven to be a walking soundbite and the best part is the thing i enjoy is like when when coach forbes like you can kind of feel the build up before he gives you a good bite like there's certain there you break stride in the middle of a conversation and throw one out there. That's what I enjoy. Uh, plus, I think, uh, I think you had actually said you you kind of got some of that from a coach of yours, if I'm not mistaken, that would just kind of do stuff like that, throw a monkey wrench at you at the middle of whatever, just to see if you're paying attention. I think that Well, yeah. Um, any, anyone is watching, uh, I, I think, Hard Knocks right now on HBO with, with John Gruden. You know, John was at the University of Tennessee when I was playing, and I was just that was actually his first coaching job. And he and I got to be pretty good friends, but John had that way about him. He was um, somewhat sarcastic, Some would, would very often throw something in the middle of a conversation. But as a player, you always listened to everything he said because you never knew when that was coming. You know, some other coaches are always serious and they're always coach boom, 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 boom. Well, as a player, you would tune them out, you know, and, and you know, you, you just the, monotonous, the monotony of it, you, you, you would kind of just sit there and go through the motions where with, with John you had to listen because you didn't want to miss anything that, would, that came out like that. And I think um, as much as anything else, that's, that's kind of the way I coach. I, I, I try to coach them hard and I try to teach them and instruct them, but – uh, you know, also you throw that little one-liner out there every now and then that they don't want to miss. It makes them hang on what you're saying and listen to to what you have to say as a coach. Are you in agreement, coach, that we do a completely new montage this year? Well, uh, you got to. I don't think there's any question. Beautiful. You know, last year 
was was a special year, but that that was last year. We're we're on to 2019 right now, and it fits um, exactly with your coaching philosophy. Well, it, it does. And and last year, like I say, was was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun in the season. We had a lot of fun with the the montage. But um, we got to go on, and and hopefully, like I say, we'll win enough games that we can we can throw some one liners out there. You know, we're not we're not winning. I'm gonna be pretty boring. It'll be a Short montage after the season. Were you uh, much of a basketball fan? Uh, I suppose this would be around when you were 15 to 20 years old. Dominique Wilkins? Oh, yeah. The human highlight reel, right? That was Dominique oh, yeah. Wilkins? Yep, that was Dominique. If you've heard our ad on WXSM, we've dubbed you the human soundbite reel. Oh, the human soundbite. Okay. So, we, so we get to hear you every Wednesday on the coaches' show and on the montage, too. And I, I'm very happy we finally – we're able to get together with you in studio and do this. Well, and I like we get one more. Again, it's game week. We get one last little let's have a little bit of fun. And obviously we're going to be talking uh, uh, Wednesday, coaches show. We'll be getting, uh, you know, your press conferences we tape in the morning, so it's, right. it's later today. We'll, we'll get all the X's and O's, and we'll be doing all that post game, And, you know, we'll get all that. So we get one last little fun bit, and then you're going to turn serious and, and tee it up and kick it off for real. But at least we got a chance to have a little bit of fun and take your mind off, uh, obviously, App State for a little bit and the rest of the season. Well, and, Jay, I, I appreciate that. But I tell you, when coaching ceases to be fun, I'm going to find something else to do. Uh, I, I enjoy doing these things with you guys, but I enjoy coaching football and being with the guys and looking forward to the season. Uh, I'm also looking forward to those uh, – Wednesday nights at Wild Wings, drinking sweet tea and having chicken wings and tater tots afterwards. It's anytime you eat tater tots, that's a good day. <laughs> Coach, we appreciate the time, and of course, we'll be catching up with you. Great, thank you. Week. All right, it's comments, Randy Sanders on the Randy Sanders montage. Bold predictions. Final segment. Santos and the sidekick. Right after this timeout. ETSU fans, there is no more entertaining way to spend your Wednesday nights than with the human soundbite reel, Randy Sanders. It's big boy football. The Buccaneer head coach joins Jay Sandos live at Wild Wing Cafe every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. And if you can't make it to downtown Johnson City to have chicken wings and tater tots with coach, you can listen right here on AM640. All fall long, ETSU head football coach Randy Sanders, Wednesday nights. What time is it anyway? 6 p.m. on the Sports Monster. LeBron is a Laker. Four-year, $154 million, a max deal. I'm ecstatic. I think it was the right situation, the right call for him to make. He wasn't going to get anything accomplished in Cleveland. That was obvious. ESPN has announced the network's new broadcast team for the 49th season of Monday Night Football. Former Dallas Cowboys tight end Jason Witten, who recently announced his retirement after a 15-year pro career, will immediately jump into the analyst role. LeVar Ball's Big Baller brand has gotten an F rating from the Better Business Bureau. The Browns dropped the ball all year long. Unfortunately, a team, a coach, an organization, not good enough to earn one win. The only win in the last two years came on Christmas Eve. Now here we are on New Year's Eve, talking about a team that will go down as one of the worst in NFL history. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. A simple wrong would have done just fine. Still dying on that Cleveland Hill, aren't you? I think it looks even better this year. <laughs> of course you do. They got Chubb, they got Odell, they got Landry, they got Mayfield. I mean, I'm huge on it. Um, the real reason the show is back, and this is probably the only reason, is because bold predictions after six months, probably what, 20, 20 or so weeks, ended mm-hmm. in a tie. So we had a tie break with the second season. 17... 
predictions correct for both of us. Now, technically, that's not the case for you because, and I did agree to this, so it is a technical tie, but after all Thank of you our offered. after all of our week by week predictions were done i had 17 predictions correct you had 12 but we said that the season long predictions we did for basketball and i'll go ahead and remind people i said that james harrison would go 65% or better from the floor he had a good senior season you know he was on the court uh, he did not get to 65% unfortunately uh, i said eho would have two triple doubles for etsu women's basketball she came very close to a quadruple double and multiple other triple doubles but did not log one and then I said UNCG would finish outside of the top two in men's basketball, and I believe they ended up being the number two seed. Is it, do I? Is memory serve me correctly? Yeah. Uh, so unfortunate for me uh, that I got none of those right. You said that ETSU would win the regular and postseason tournaments, or one of the two, I think, a regular season title or a postseason title for women's basketball. That didn't happen. You said the men would have five all-conference honorees. They had four. You nearly no, missed that. That one, that one was tight. You nearly man. missed that. But then the Wofford Terriers. Predicted an NCAA tournament win. You did. Got now, it. I'm not sure that Got you it. ever would have predicted the season that Wofford had. But Oh, no. no regardless, no. I don't, it worked I don't even in want your to favor. pretend to act like I knew or the season the league had in general. Correct. Uh, but, no, I don't want to take uh, that, that credit because uh, clearly you could go back and listen to the show. And no, I didn't say that. Right. But – uh, but you I, did have the final prediction correct. I did think I, – I did feel pretty strongly that the league was going to be good, that I thought ETSU or UNCG could get a win. Right. I didn't really know Furman was going to be as good as they were, and I clearly thought Wofford was going to have a solid year, not a great year, and they had an unbelievable year. So. Well, this went down, I think, probably as – Maybe not the best, but certainly one of the oh, best Southern be Conference men's it, basketball years in would, the history of the league. I've actually thought about going back when we get a little closer to basketball mm-hmm. and, and doing a little extra research. There's one or two years I can remember that the league was really kind of top three, four heavy that had some, you know, that obviously the league's going to not be considered one of the top leagues in America just because there's a couple bottom teams that hold up. But they still were the 10th best league in the country and so when you look at numbers like that there was one year and i have to go back and look it was etsu it was chat college of charleston and davidson and those four had a none of them had the year wofford had but they had a uh you know they they had a, a year where four teams were really getting a lot of accolades they'd won i think college of charleston had beat north carolina i want to say chattanooga had beaten memphis so there was a couple of uh, games in there where teams had beaten some name teams that got a little more recognition for the league and the league was those four teams are really in a daggone dogfight so but other than that you you may have to go back to the to the glory days when marshall etsu chat all those teams were kind of battling it out i'm just so bitter that throughout the year i was better every single week i earned it week in and week out and then at the very end, you swoop in and you tie it against all odds. It looked like everything was over. Really, I think the fact that I believe you got one right in the last week of individual predictions, and so that made it even possible for you to come back. I think I went like over my last 18, so really I choked it away. I, I think it's pretty much the story of your life. You're not a closer. Mm. I, I think that's right. what it's going to be. Right. Well, I suppose that's You fair. don't want to go that? I don't. No, I'm not going to say that. But if you look at last year in bold predictions, I mean, there's some support for your uh, for your theory. Good first show.
Wednesday. What do we got Wednesday? Randy was fun. Sound bites, right? Uh, we got sound bites from Randy. Uh, I believe he will not be in person this time. No, I believe we're going to have Kevin Brown to talk about Bucks in Europe and ETS men's basketball. He was with them. Oh yeah, the Euro trip throughout the trip. Uh, we're going to have Adam Whitten. Yep, yep. And some top twenty-five. The AP top twenty-five. Is it AP FCS stats top twenty-five? That's what it is. And maybe some touch on the AP top twenty-five as well. Were you now that you've had time to digest Randy? Were you shocked with the ones he picked, or were you shocked with how much he really did put into it? I, well, way more shocked with the effort and the care. And that's what we appreciate about Randy Sanders. He takes it seriously as we do. We're probably the only ones, but now we have a third in Randy Sanders. The Wolfpack was two, now it's three. How does that go? I'm not quite sure. Sanders' sidekick will be back tomorrow. Wednesday. Network. See ya.